ManaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Hey everybody, this is Brian David Marshall here with Michael J. Flores, Top 8 Magic. In Canada. Yeah, are we? Oh, we're, I think we're I guess, in Canada I guess, now. I guess we're in virtual Canada. <laughs> we are in virtual Canada. So, um, greetings, A. <laughs> we have to be really nice now? Is that, like, is that yeah. the new rule? No, have you heard any of the podcasts that are on that site? Um, what do you mean that site? You mean this site? This site, this yes. Site. I have. Well, so. when I when I talk about the kind of language that's on some of those podcasts, it's that site. Got kind it, of like yeah. when you and your wife argue about the kids, you know, your child versus our child. Usually I say that one of them is my child and she doesn't like that one. And then the one down there says your yeah. child is a it's different So story. this site, when we're talking about our podcast, when we're talking about potty mouth podcasts on the site, it's that site. You really are kidding. Potty mouth. <laughs> anyway, I was thinking about this today. I think we may have prematurely deleted Archangel of Thune. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I am too. I do too. I, I got to play with it this weekend, or the past weekend yeah. at, a, at, a, uh, at San Diego Comic-Con in one of the twenty in one of the side events, yeah. and it's just insane. How about this? I have an Archangel of Thune, right? Yeah. Go. You do something that doesn't involve killing my Archangel of Thune. Yeah. Okay? I untap, in modern, let's say. Yeah. I untap and summon a spike feeder. Are yeah, you yeah, dead? yeah, yes. I, it's in my, that's in my column today, actually. <laughs> You're it's, dead now, right? Right, yeah. So, like, I just, like, oh, gain two life. Our gains of Thune is now X bigger. I gain two life. Oh, by the way, my spike feeder is <laughs> never going to die from this process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's attack you with a million from Archangels. And then you can fling it. In fact, people are talking about Gerard, but that seems like a lot of colors. Which, which card? Gerard. Oh, sure. You hurl it, but that's, like, sure, dubs black. Yeah, that doesn't seem necessary. Like, I, mean, I just had it in a draft deck with, like, two life menders, which are essentially just tap gain a life. Yeah. They were really good. Those life menders were, like, 6-6 six, six a lot of the time. So, I think I think that, I mean, it's still expensive. How big is he? 3-4 to start? 5-4, 3-4. If he were 2-4, I think he might be but here's better. The thing, but here's the thing. If you have any kind of recurring way of gaining life... Like a spike feeder. Like a spike, but I mean, but I just mean, like, something that you can do with no mana cost... So, for example, tap like a spike gain, feeder. Sure, tap gain a life, spike feeder, whatever. The turn you play him, you could also. Do you have a, a window to, to use it? Yeah, I, I think attack we, for lethal. Like he gets infinitely big, right? Every time you spike feeder up, everyone gets big, including him. No. Yeah. So if he were two four, it'd be better. You know why? So then you could lark him into play. You could like <laughs> lark him and spike feeder into play, and then just kill them. It'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think he pre- So you can infinite life gain with them in Tooth and Nail? Yeah, I mean... Go get them infinite life? Yeah, God, I mean, Tooth and Nail could already just kill <laughs> you, right? Like, but I think it might be cool. Like, maybe your opponent has dueling grounds in play or something, so you can't Tooth and Nail them. Actually, Tooth and Nail might be a deck in Modern, yeah? Yeah, it has been at times. It's a pretty good top deck, though, right? Just like, I have a bunch of mana in play, but you junded my hand away. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I'll take a Tooth and Nail, you're dead. Yeah, yeah. Or, I'm very, very alive. <laughs> One of those two <laughs> things might happen. You can just respond, right? So, like, in response, like, they're like, you're like get these guys in play, you're like, all right, gain two life, targets on, and like, oh, no, in response, you're like, yeah, response to your face. No? I don't know. Probably. I, it will at some yeah. point have zero count. So, but, yeah, I think we I think we were premature. I, in fact, when I, uh, when I linked to the podcast on Facebook, I mentioned... 
that I think we we probably dismissed Might have been it a little. Cool, yeah, yeah, a little. We're a little a little cavalier on it. So I'm, I'm going to write a blog post this week about how I just bought a set of Colonian Hydras, which are not going to see play this weekend. <laughs> I mean, I literally just was it 160 dollars. I just dumped in Colonian Hydras. I'm picking them up are tomorrow. They that much? Forty bucks a piece. I haven't. I've not seen one yet. I mean, I, the only cards I spec. I didn't even really speculate on them. So I've actually played them both. I bought Voice of Resurgence at twenty five. They me. immediately made their money back because I won enough money in the tournament that I played them in to pay for them. But which is only a hundred dollars, right? But uh, they're already forty. And then I bought Boros Reckoner at either five or ten, and they're fifteen now. Yeah. So, but like, so I, I'm just basically. Re-upping and re-upping, paying the Naya price. <laughs> this is the Naya price, and um, uh, let me put one. Do you think that they'll like maybe just not make me pay one sixty? Like maybe I was like, I don't want them anymore. Can you not sell them? Someone else will buy them at that tournament. I'm right? sure they will. I don't want to like sell them back. You think they're no good? I think I don't want to pay $160 for them sure. when nobody's playing them. Sure. Like, somebody was supposed to play them. They're like, like, do you mind buying them? Like, oh, I guess I can buy them. They're not going to be, like, that bad in terms of value. I mean, I bought my Bane Slayer Angels at 55 and just call it a loss, you know? Sure. I got no play out of those Bane Slayer Angels, by the way. I played them in never. I'd never played. Actually, I played them in one PTQ that I went, like, 2-7 and seven in or something. But, um, you know, I, I guess I own Bane Slayer <laughs> But yeah, I bought, I bought Baneslayer Angel the week after Naya Lightsaber. I'm like, oh, maybe I should own this card. <laughs> it seems like a pretty well, good card. The card. card's historically been very good. I bought it at 55 It's it, like It bottomed out in standard at $5. Yeah. In standard still. But anyway, um, I can't imagine playing Hydra. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it will hold it. You know, which card do you think is going to be more, um, more played? Clonian Hydra or what? Or Archangel of Thune. Clonian Hydra. Clonian's a very good card. It's just a question of whether or not it's worth $40. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Here's a question. These guys have a good relationship with me. Maybe they won't make me pay them. Yeah. Somebody else will buy them. That's a thing. Yeah, it's not like that. What's from the Vault 20 going to be worth? I don't know about these fake sets. <laughs> when you have an infinite Moto account, you don't think about the things that other people think of. As you know. Yeah, I do know. People are like, oh my gosh, Modern Masters drafts. I'm like, Trick, give me my ticks. And he still hasn't given me my ticks, so I never got to draft Modern <laughs> Masters. So I was, I was at San Diego Comic Con this yeah. last weekend. And there was the Magic panel. Yeah. And they talked about a lot of new cards. They talked a lot about Theros. Elspeth is in Theros. But they also talked the about... The four-mana Elspeth? A new Elspeth. What's more beautiful, the four-mana Elspeth or that girl that just walked by? That girl by a white <laughs> Sorry, Elspeth. <laughs> I mean, the, the gauche thing about that is we were saying that a lot and this other woman started walking by and looked at us like we were disgusting old men, which we are. Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. Mm. Uh, Guilty. Yeah. So you don't think, you don't know about Jace the Mind Sculptor foil from the Vault 20? I don't like speculate on cards. Can I tell you I have these, like, foil Gaia's cradles? I was going to think about selling them this week. No, I could use one of those. For, like, a... For my commander deck. Commander deck? I mean... I was just like, Ravage, should I sell these to Star City for strip club money? And he's like, and he's like, that doesn't seem like a very good idea on multiple vectors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let me hold one for you <laughs> in my commander deck. So, I was like, you can at least like eBay it, you know, yeah. like, and then pay me to eBay it. You'll do better. It's like, and also, do you really need to get strip club money? <laughs> 
you have no the thoughts? The answer to that is that I don't actually. Yeah. But you have no thoughts about From the Vault 20? I don't even know what it is. It's a set with 20, you know, all these foil cards. Yeah, foil cards from all 20 years of Magic Tournament history. So there's a winning, a card from a winning tournament deck every year. A Chroma's Vengeance, I know that card. Yeah, that's in there. Gilded Lotus. Well, that's a good one. That's a nice, it looks gilded for yeah. the first time ever. Yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, Where'd you get these arts from? This was uh, from the... Pa- I was live tweeting the panel. So oh, I, had, I see. I had access to uh, a bunch of the artwork. Wait, so Hymn to going to be in standard? Is that what I heard? No, this is... Um, this is uh, no, this is just from the vault. Oh, I'm like... That seems like a little overpowered no, 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 for Theros. Yeah, that's... And also, little... isn't Torok like a dude? I mean, yeah, like... Yeah, that's a little... That's a little... That's a little expensive. New Impulse. Love an Impulse. Although, what is impulsive about this? It just looks like an old woman. Yeah, she's kind of like... Impulsive is just like, yo, I like did something and I maybe... Ooh, what is this? This is a new card from the Commander. So they also announced Commander at 13. Jellabot, so Nathalia's Scourge. So she's a Grixis. Yeah. So all the new decks for Commander are Grixis decks. She costs one blue, black, red. She won three with flying. When she enters the battlefield, each player exiles the top X cards of their library where X is the amount of mana spent to cast Jamela. In, let's say, Legacy, this would always be four. Okay. Generally, although in Commander, every time you like replay uh, your Commander, it costs two more. And then uh, whenever Joel attacks, you can cast an instant or sorcery card exiled it without paying its mana cost. Just you, you. But everybody but you has can, to do the exile. Yeah. So you have like so when you play this the first time. Oh, you, well, I can play a card that somebody else exiled. Correct. This card is no fun. Yeah, this card is really interesting. It's really no fun. So just as, in case you guys at home were wondering, it might rain today. So Brian actually has a Ziploc bag. Condiming his iPad. <laughs> it's like a yeah, it's, it's like the best. That, that rustling you hear is a Ziploc bag. Yeah. If you imagine a condom, but instead of being, you know, for what it's used for, and also less sticky, <laughs> but instead spread out across an iPad, that's what you see. This is a a, uh, a Theros card that they didn't spoil the. Paul Kranos. Are they going for like Greek or Greek? Yeah, sounding? it's Greek mythology. Paul Kranos, World Eater. It's. Four mana for, I don't know, some sort of Hydra, it looks yeah. like. He's got a lot of heads. Oh, and you have, like, a nice art of it? Yeah, I have a, I have a lot of nice arts. Sun Titan, is that in Theros? No, 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 this is in the Dual Decks. Why are there so many different symbol costs? I don't know all these yeah. things. What land is that? These, is that are, these are the lands. These are the, Theros the wor- land? These are the worlds of Theros, yeah. What's that girl soldier? It's just concept art. Why doesn't she have pants? Actually, no one should have pants. In Greek mythology, nobody wore pants. Yeah. Everyone wore togas. So the new thing is gods. There's going to be god cards. Oh, yeah? In Theros. So So when somebody asks me what magic card I am, I'll, I'll have a better idea. And there's a new frame that they've For shown. For gods? Well, I, we can only assume. They haven't given away much information. But you can see this is a new card frame. So, so people at home can't see. We're not you like can see video it. You can see it. They've this. seen it. If they're, they were listening to this podcast, they've already seen all of this on like the Reddit page. Of, oh, I mean, I have never seen any of the things. You've never seen this? No. no. Somebody, I, Rabbits asked me if I had a, a quiet speculation premium something or like a forum. I don't even know what he was talking about. How's that art? I don't know. It's like a, a big crab thing fighting a dude with a spear. What is this? These, these are, this Swap. is like... So they're, they're introducing a new, uh, thing called the Hero's Path, which is going to be like a, uh, all, you know, like a, a, one of the enhanced play experiences for the pre-release. So you go to the pre-release, 
and what is an enhanced plague? Well, like, like like the guild packs or the uh, the the hell vault or something. I don't like know that. what any of these things are. You just don't go to pre-releases, do you? I, the last pre-release I went to was Champions of Kamigawa, and I won it. So when you that, go Champions of Kamigawa was the last pre-release I went to. So when you go to pre-release, not even now, Betrayers of Kamigawa. When you go to pre-release <laughs> now. They try to just do this more, kind of a little bit more of a a flavorful experience. It's not just the tournament. You're also, um, you know, filling out an activity card if maybe you're a kid, or you choose a guild, or and you, you play with that guild, or you get a champion. Should you're I take Bella to She plays a lot of duels. She would, she would love it, probably. Yeah. And so what they're doing this for this one is when players go to the Thoros Pearlies, they're going to get a, a Hero's Pass card, and you'll choose one of these heroes. There's the uh, the protector who has tap, prevent the next one damage that would be dealt to target creature or player this turn. The philosopher, two tap, tar- tap target creature. The avenger, three tap, tap uh, target creature you control gains death touch until end of turn. The warrior, uh, tap target creature you control gains haste until end of turn. And the hunter, tap target creature you control gets plus one plus one. The warrior turn. and the hunter are sweet. And why does the Avenger have the best name, a million mana costs, and a terrible ability? <laughs> gain death. So what you're saying is, there's a thing that makes my guy gain get death touch if I pay three. Maybe right. I just don't block. Or or I could just get... Just haste you to death. Yeah. With no... I and mean, plus one plus one is basically death touch. <laughs> it's the same, <laughs> except for it can smash faces. And, and it costs zero mana. So all of, on all of these can cards... Can I pick which one I want? I want the hunter. Yeah, you want like, the, yeah. I just, whatever one I want is not the Avenger. You want one that doesn't cost mana to activate. And not the stupid, the not stupid the protector. The philosopher is dumb too. He's thinking about spending two mana. <laughs> He's like, I'm so, going to think about spending. So, so it's like in play the so whole. So this is in play the whole. Yeah. Well, no. You you get this at the pre-release, and then when you come to game day, um, there's game day. Game day is usually a week after the, the launch of the game, yeah. uh, launch of the new set. They have an event, and the event in this case will be playing against. This event deck, which is going to have, there'll be these special event decks, and then it's going to be just like an AI like yeah. deck that just plays cards off the top of the head. So, like, Snapping Fang Head is an elite creature head. An elite? Oh, eight. There's new, it's like a legend. What's an elite? At the beginning of the Hydra's End Step, Snapping Fang Head deals one damage to each player. Hero's Reward, when Snapping Fang Head leaves the battlefield, each player gains four life and draws a card. So, if it's a multiplayer against this deck, if we beat it, then something good happens. There's Swallow the Hero Hole, to Sorcery. So the, the AI deck is going to play these cards for free. Who's going to play the turn. AI deck? You flip a card every turn. I see. And it plays it. So it's kind of this communal experience. Multiplayer against... Well, they're certainly trying different stuff. Yeah. It's kind of cool, I think. You know, it's about the hero's path. Like, I mean, you're, you're, you studied your mythology, right? Like, sure. The heroic journey, the... No one could see your truck. I, I thought... Elspeth's El- better. No, I thought that was a, a, a fine specimen. Not better the than Elspeth. Pa- yeah, but the pants were... That was the problem. Oh, uh, okay. The pants were ridiculous. So. All right, so let's talk about Real Magic the Gathering. I mean, this is Real Magic the Gathering. Um, Invitational's this weekend. Grand Prix Calgary's this weekend. Which and you- Grand Prix Romini. I don't know what's that in, that's in, Italy. in Europe. I think Italy. Wait, right? so tell me about the World Championships, because that's coming up, right? Yeah. Is that, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Is that a Sunday. real tournament? Yeah, it's two real tournaments. So well, tell me about this tournament. So uh, starting on Wednesday. Now that I'm not writing top decks anymore, I don't know about these things. 
Start, starting uh, on Wednesday, we have wor- it's World's Week. So we have the 16-player World Championship. This was called the Players' Championship last I year. I remember that one. That's the one uh, that... So it's all the Pro Tour champions, the highest-ranked players from each region, the top at-large players, the Magic Online champion, the player of the so, year. So Martel gets to play in this one. Martel's playing in it. Craig Wesco's playing in it. Stanislav Sivka is playing in it. Dmitry Budakov, the Magic Online champion, is playing in it. Reed Duke's playing in it again as the, one of the at-large players. Um, you know, Yuya Watanabe gets to play in it. As, again. Yeah, as, again, as the top-ranked Asian player, Willie Adel. So it's like 16 players. They're going to play uh, Modern Masters Draft. Uh, they're going to play uh, Standard, and they're going to play Modern. Nice. Maybe they should play Archangel of Doom Spike Feeder. <laughs> it's been mentioned. It's been mentioned. I mean, is that really any better than like many of the birthing pod combos that? Exist? Well, you could put it in a birthing pod deck, couldn't you? It's got. It's a kind of a kind of weird to get there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like you're, any chain that would get there, you could just do infinite damage. Right. You know what I mean? Like Kiki Jiki's five, Thuna's five. Right. It's also been pointed out that if you have a sacrifice outlet, like Archangel of Thune and Kitchen Finks is an infinite. Life combo. So, you know, you sack your kitchen. Oh, thing. because it, it undoes whatever the kitchen thinks. Right, is, so uh, when you sack the kitchen thing, when it comes back, the plus one, plus one counter from Archangel Thune offsets the minus one, minus one counter from Persist. Boom, you've got a fresh kitchen thanks to sack again, so you can keep sacking it. So you could just have the most annoying green white deck of <laughs> Spike <laughs> Feeder. Haven't you just described every green-white deck ever? No. Annoying. You could just make, like, a Bant Hexproof deck that's just green-white now in standard with, like, Blade Cover Scout, uh, Wit, is it Witch Hunter? Is that, what's the name of him? Witch, Witch, GG1 Hexproof, when Op plays blue or black, it levels up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What's his name? Witch Devouring. I have, yeah, I, Gnarled Mass 2K13. Yeah, yeah. Gnarled Mass 2K13. But he's like Gnarled Mass, but he's also like, what was the protection from blue, blue protection from black guy? Great Sable Stag. Great Sable Stag. A little of both there, right? We're just like working real hard to like make Gnarled Mass, uh, awesome. Yeah, I mean, for, I mean, she was like a mature woman, but like, sure. So, I never realized this before, because most of these beautiful women walking by today are blonde, right? I did not know that there's not very many, if any, adult women natural blondes. I didn't know that that, that, that was a thing. I, I didn't know either. Yeah, so apparently, most or all of them come out of a bottle. Like unless, well, I mean, I knew, I guess I knew that, I just didn't realize that there were No, they just don't, they're just not naturally existing. I mean, or naturally existing only they get, in... They get eaten by predators? No, like, their hair just darkens over time. Okay. So, like, you know, there could be Sandies or whatever, but, like, I, I just... I knew this this year, I'm... 2013, I've been on the planet for some decades, and uh, it's uh, uh, a, a new piece of knowledge for me. Anyway, you were talking about Magic the Gathering? We were. We were talking about magic again. I mean, it's and else all the different decks you could play else. I mean, we just sit in a corner where we're easily distracted. To be honest with you, we could go hang out somewhere else. <laughs> we would never get distracted. God forbid we could look up things on the internet and know what the name of a card is. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's no, not that's no, not no, our no. style. So if you're a new listener up in Canada, that's not our style. We don't do that. We don't look stuff up. 
If you hear like jackhammers or cars or helicopters, helicopter. People by, were very excited about our helicopter last week. I mean, we might have a helicopter. I, so I don't know. Did I say this on the cast so far? We need to walk to the Apple Store because uh, a battery exploded inside my keyboard. I need to buy a new one. <laughs> so otherwise, I'm not going to be able to upload this cast. Okay. <laughs> right, well, we should do so that. We'll, we'll, so we will eventually do that. Yeah. I mean, I could look up stuff. I have my iPad in a plastic bag. Stop baggie. ruining it. I have a Ziploc baggie uh, iPad. I can Stop look stuff up. ruining it. I didn't know that barista had such a sweet figure. I didn't know that before. Oh, I didn't know. She's a barista here. So, so what do you what do you like for standard now that Magic 2014? You're going to the Invitational. I week. am playing. So, like, the before we get before we get to World Week, which is yeah. Wednesday, uh, we have Calgary, Romini, but we also have the Star City Games Invitational. You're going to be playing in it. Uh, I am. Number of magic luminaries, I'm sure, will be playing in this. Yes. Uh, uh, what, what are the formats? Standard and Legacy. Okay. Uh, in Legacy, I'm going to play Blue Red Delver, which I played um, the last two Legacy Opens I played in. Like, the last one I played in, I played so well. Like, I played, a, a, from a skill level standpoint, I played about as well as I've ever played in my life. My results were atrocious. Um, I just kept, I just kept playing just perfect magic and my opponent just kept 10%ing me like the number of times it happened in one day were, were staggering I mean maybe I was, I'll just like catch up and and have my results conform to my, my playing ability if I, if I play nearly that well in Legacy this weekend I, I can't imagine I, I wouldn't have like a what, 75 what, plus percent win percentage what's going on in Legacy these days I mean like what's the I mean I keep hearing like, average one a couple weeks ago okay and like but like, but like the crazy combo decks aren't aren't doing There's well. There's crazy combo decks. Like, but do they do well? I mean, or is it just, or I mean, aggro control seems like it kind of dominates the field now. So there's a, there's a range. I mean, Chris Pakula hasn't lost a Swiss match in two in two <laughs> opens, but he plays Rug Delver. He, I think he underrates how good Blue Red Delver is because he's been so successful with Rug Delver. Sure. I think like Rug Delver is the kind of deck. I mean, that, he's also, you know. Some order of magnitude better than his competition. Yeah, I mean, but like you know, Rug Delver doesn't strike me as the kind of deck that wins a lot of tournaments. And I went and looked at the records, and it doesn't win any tournaments. Okay. It, like it, in the hands of a good player, it often places pretty well. But it's also more played than Blue Red Delver. Blue Red Delver actually, like the reason I like it is I I was covering an open, and it met itself in the finals, and it won like multiple opens in a in a short period of time. It's so powerful, like. There's so many decks that just have a bunch of non-bases and play. You just price of progress, Snapcaster Mage, price of progress. Like, there's no getting around that. There's like, there's just decks that are just consistently destroyed by like the the cards in the second. They're so cheap. Everything costs one or two. I think I'm gonna play um, Young Pyromancer and Umazawa's Jedi on my sideboard, devoting like six or seven sideboards to this. I was just gonna ask you about that because Young Pyromancer just seems like. Cross format all stars. So there's there's decks that price progress isn't good against, and there's decks that you don't particularly want goblin guide against, especially on the draw. If you just play your young pyromancer and it doesn't die, the, the way I've been thinking about it is: remember when Tom Martell played Lingering Souls, and it just immediately broke Legacy like that weekend. Right. Young pyromancer is three orders of magnitude more powerful than Lingering Souls in a blue red delver deck. Like you, if you just stick it, okay, you stick it. Even if they have an answer, you're just like, because actually, pull a punter break. And like you just drew three cards, and like what, there's what card did you oh, brainstorm? Yeah, <laughs> and there's just like Jones in play, or like you just like play Young Pyromancer with a mana up and say go, and your opponent's like tap out for a plow, and you're like daze it with like one of my tapped lands, get a guy, spell pierce, 
your next thing, get a guy, break, like untap, like whatever. And you just have like three or four guys. Like there's so many great race situations. Right. You just like bolt your opponent at the end of turn. You take three and you have a guy. So it's like your bolt was just now a char. Yeah. yeah. And it gives you like an infinite number of bodies for for Jid A fights. It seems really powerful. Like Young Pyromancer against Geist of Saint Trap is no kind of fight that the Geist player wants to be in. I mean, would you? Ru- I mean, just like your opponent just has a Young Pyromancer. Would you run your Geist into this board? I mean, like, take four. Your best case scenario is you trade against the Pyromancer. Your worst case scenario is that you're utterly humiliated on camera. <laughs> I mean, like, what about this? Like, I go second turn, I go first turn Delver, flip the Delver, untap, play Young Pyromancer, <laughs> do nothing on it, and then third turn, play a second Young Pyromancer with blue up. Does anybody do anything in, in Legacy, like, just like, I don't know, put an Imperial Armor on their Geist? No. A spectral flight? They have Jid A's, batter sure. skulls. I mean, the best part of my my cyborg last time that I played was Smash the Smithereens, which is so good. Especially with um, with Snapcaster Mage. Yeah. There's like so many decks that like they just had batter skull and you're just like, whatever. Three. Um and people What play- about what about uh, I mean I know Smash the Smithereens that's damage to them, right? Three, yeah. Yeah. It's all like, it's in, in this deck that could be devastating. Be sure. like basically six, you know. Right. You don't set uh, up potential. You don't like a wear and tear or whatever that is. The but, but, destroyed artifact, destroyed. Yeah, but my deck isn't white. I can't make a white mono. Oh, you can't. Okay, no. you're, you're just blue red. Dog. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, if I wanted to blue red white. Dog. No, if I want to play white, like all of a sudden, that no, you can't play Price of Progress anymore. Sure. Which is like your main gotcha, thing. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, you get Plow, and I mean that deck has Plow and Geist of Saint Trance. And I would, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I'll tell you that deck sounds pretty spicy to me too. Yeah, I mean, like you're playing a standard deck, like yeah, Delver. Best standard deck. <laughs> best standard deck. I mean, but I mean, you're, like, what's better, Delver or Callblade? Because people play Callblade. So, like, I mean, I, I don't know. Del, who's, who wins over a Cobblade? I don't want to be in... I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want... I really... Somebody else can, can learn that. I mean, one thing that's awesome about Blue Red Delver is I played against multiple tribal tribal beatdown decks last time, including, like, Merfolk, who had his optimal draw. He went, like, first turn Aether Vial, second turn Standstill. Standstilled me in game one three times yeah. and drew nothing but lords. The game was never close. Yeah, that, game, des- that game's never going to be close. I destroyed him. Oh. <laughs> he drew nine really? extra cards and I destroyed him. Yeah. I went seems, first turn Delver, yeah, break actually, your standstill with a Delver, bolt your stupid lord. He, like, drew a bunch of cards, drew a bunch of cards and silver, give, give 11, like, attack for uh, six. He probably just drew Merfolk. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess keep attacking him for six. Attack for six. Attack for, he's like an island walking mutavolt that's like a five five. I'm like, that is nowhere near fast enough. I'm attacking you for six. He's like, all right. I'm like, all right, yourself. Lightning bolt. You snapcaster mage lightning bolt. He's like, but I drew nine cards. I'm like, but you're playing nothing but Merfolk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, congratulations. You drew cards at a greater rate than you could play two two for twos. (laughs) It's a true story. He's not using his ether vial optimally? No floater stage. He just kept playing two two for two. That's all that's in his deck. Gotcha. <laughs> like, I just had a first turn Delver of Secrets and a second turn Delver of Secrets. That was my game. You know how many turns it takes to kill someone with that? Three, three turns. Yeah. You've read Delver of Secrets? Yeah. I don't know how they made this card and then they made it blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. What does blue not do the best? <laughs> Let's give it a flying wild mechanical. That's, Agreed. That's, yeah, that's that's still our best like called shot. Right? Oh yeah, nobody else had that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so young Pyromancer's pro- I'm probably gonna play in my cyborg. I didn't really think about my cyborg that much. I just have a stack of cards and we'll have like an hour and a half when we get there. Are you gonna play standard too? Or are yeah. you just, what are you playing standard? Uh straight blue white. Okay. Oh, uh, quicken. You've talked about this. I'm this quickening. Is 
I, I ran through a bunch of scenarios with Tom Martell, who claims to have the rules knowledge of a level five judge, to make sure <laughs> I could do the things that uh, that I could. Uh, Hi, Mrs. That I Martell. To do. Was that really Mrs. Martell who like commented in our forums, Kelly Martell? It's like you guys always crack me up. Like, <laughs> it was like literally Tom Martell's mom commented. <laughs> She know how to use the internet? Yeah. Mom's know how to use the internet? Does she, your she, mom know how to use the internet? Good lord. Well, she does. She, only to play casino games. <laughs> <laughs> and to send me, you know, viral messages asking oh for God. more chips. My parents with, like, the Republican meme emails. <laughs> oh. Come on. I have, I have an aunt who sends me a lot of, like, Israel propaganda. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know which side of it it's even on. I just don't read it. I, I just realized that our new listener base in Canada has no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> so, I don't think it's a new listener base. I think it's the same. Do you think it's the same? I think it's the same, it's the same but like missing like 80%. Okay, <laughs> YT, let's gear it up. <laughs> um, all right, so. So, you, so, you like, so you're saying we're talking about Tom Martell's level five rules knowledge. Yeah, I mean, so here's an example. Say I quicken and I flip over a terminus, okay? Yep. I wanted to know, like, how do you time this, right? So if I now cast the Terminus off my Quicken, and I was intending to Divination off my Quicken, okay? I can no longer do that. So what I have to do is, like, flip, cast my Quicken, reveal the Terminus, and then in response to the Terminus, I, it doesn't matter, so I'm not going to play Divination anymore. But I was like, going to play Divination up until, like, yesterday. Um, I was going to play three divinations and four snaps. We're castoing back. I, I don't know if I don't know if there was an interruption, but maybe. I don't think there's an interruption. So but I thought there was an interruption last time too. Let's talk John Becker for a minute. Remember that time Becker tried to call me in the middle of the <laughs> podcast one minute ago and then we didn't answer? So many spiders. Blah blah. Spiders, spiders, spiders. You know who can block creatures that fly but can't fly themselves? Any creature that John Becker is playing. <laughs> Who has two thumbs and loves toughness more than power? Who has two thumbs and four toughness? <laughs> Any creature in front of John. No, I'm sorry. Who has 16 thumbs? <laughs> 16 <laughs> thumbs. That's the name of this podcast. Yeah, 16, 16 thumbs. thumbs, four toughness. Who has 16 thumbs and seven toughness? <laughs> <laughs> seven toughness. Oh, uh, Silk Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love so. You know, I love a subclass spider. You know what Becker loves to do? Block flying. Cr- uh, now, what? What, do you, what does John like? Does I John, think he just paused our recording with his voicemail. Oh man! I think does John like more? What does he like more? Blocking flyers. Yeah. Or just the threat of blocking flyers, <laughs> right? The implied violence of, you know, spider on flyer combat. <laughs> Or does he like being able to sacrifice his land so he can ambush a landwalker? Cold. Cold, I mean, gauche, cold. Wait, what happened? The, uh... I'm so confused. Cold. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm being overloaded. Like, somebody has extra red mana. Extra <laughs> blue mana. It's totally overloaded. All right. So I was going to ask, which one was more beautiful. The girl with the yoga mat or the girl all in white across the screen? All in white. That's saying something. All in white, hands down. I mean, this is a very distracting place to sit. <laughs> <laughs> what were you to ask me? Something about spiders, I think? I was asking you if John like the implied violence of spiders blocking yeah. flyers. Not that the flyers ever attack. Yeah. Or... 
the actual combat, the actual violence of sacrificing your lands to be able to block a mountain. Oh, no, water. no. He <laughs> loves nothing more than just like, oh, I figured out a way to sacrifice all my lands so that he I is, could block. He is the Sam Black of sacrificing <laughs> his own lands. Yeah, but instead of creatures, right? Right, yeah. I was, at, I, I was with Sam Black like a few weeks ago, and I'm like, are you wearing an Orzov pin? Just like in everyday life. <laughs> Yes, I'm wearing an Orzov pin. I like the idea of sacrificing my own creatures. <laughs> oh, you, so I'm talking to an idiot with a Simic sweatshirt on. My wife stole my Demir t-shirt. She yeah. wears it all the time now. Yes, I think he actually likes... I mean, I think that maybe, like... I think his optimal situation would be, like, he's got a spider, let's say, or some sort of potentially devastating blocker. <laughs> he's going to be attacked by a flyer. And a mountain walker. <laughs> and his spider's tapped, and he has a way to untap his spider by yeah, sacrificing yeah. a mountain. I th- that would be his ideal situation. I think he would like it if his opponent moves to attack, <laughs> and he like gets all excited and sacrifices all his mountains, and his opponent's like, oh, wait, and then pulls back as attacker. <laughs> I think he would like the moral victor of that situation the best. That's what I think. Yeah. Um... Would you agree, or... I agree. The Moral Victory. Moral Victory. So the, the new podcast title is The Moral Victory of... No, no. 16... No, no, 16 Thumbs. The Moral Victory of 16 Thumbs and 7 Toughness. All right, all right. What, uh... So... Who has 16 Thumbs and 7 Toughness? Speaking of... I think, you know, we're going to see a lot of uh, spiders in uh, Standard this weekend. Really? Mutaval. Oh. Right. How, how big a deal is Mutaval? Um, Pat Sullivan told me he was going to play Mutavolt Fire Fist Striker is quite a combo Mutavolt Battalion is really good He just insta-battalions right. you So, are there, any, are there any other battalion triggers that become That are that are like worth pursuing Like is Fire Main Angel suddenly a card you want to consider Fire Main Avenger so, Fire Main Avenger, yeah uh, I don't know Maybe It seems good right? Like That's such a powerful card But like having three creatures Sort of stick around at that point in the it's, game seems challenging. I mean, if you're playing like Boros on, on something else, like it's probably like that other aggro-y, it's a fairly difficult creature to remove, and then once you get it online, you're like unbeatable. Right. Right. Um, but anyway, I'm playing straight blue white. Um, Quicken. So I, I I was gonna play divination, um, but Rabbit's point out that I'm playing four terminus, and he's like, "Why are you playing?" Four terminus instead of you know, like all my supreme verdicts are in the sideboard. I might move one to the main deck because Jerry told me to. Um, so like I think you need to be a little bit quicker. And I was like, well, I just want to ride the variance, and like I, my first of all, my deck's been testing what, absurdly what is, what well. What does ride the variance mean? So like I just want to I want to be able to get lucky on the on the lucky upsides on terminus. Okay. So um, like I think the downsides aren't as bad because. I'm pretty good at the deck, so like I can like make up for this speed of terminus by being by being good, but I can just exploit the the lucky speed of terminus. Like um like that's a uh that's that's one of the situations that I want to be in. So and there's, there's no way to like there's nothing in standard that lets you manipulate the top of your deck, right? Like I don't. There's no. This is just an un, absurdly distracting. Yeah. Isn't that why we come here all the yeah, time? Obviously. We should make this a video podcast. <laughs> I just turn the camera on and talk and just like aim, aim the camera, like, just aim the video camera like wherever, wherever, wherever we're, we're uh, sitting, but then just like record the audio and then like yeah. whatever shaky cam comes out on Google Docs or whatever. That's the new podcast. 
Willie G's like, yeah, you should definitely do that. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I don't know if there is. I don't believe so. Uh, but the uh, there's a couple of reasons about I want to play Terminus. So one, you get lucky with Terminus. Second of all, um, like that deck that Jerry made that AJ won with last weekend, Black White Humans tokens. Um, you really want Terminus there because it doesn't trigger his Athrid Necromancer. Right. Uh, and I think there's just a variety of reasons that Terminus is way better than than Supreme Verdict. If, if they're both going off, one's better than the other. Um, and uh, so Rabbits pointed out to me like that Think Twice is much better than Divination if I'm playing this strategy. So I switched it up. I'm still going to play Quicken instead of Thought Scour. So it's like you get a lot of upside. If you have seven mana, you just like cast Quicken and then Terminus their face. Sure. You know, like, which people don't play right now. I have a main deck Planner Cleansing. Which is... Have you played with Planar Cleansing? I haven't. So, I mean, I've played with it in Cube, I guess. Mid-range green decks try to beat blue-white decks primarily via Planeswalkers on the board because they can overload your counterspell base. Right. And you just get, like, you know, whatever Planeswalker you want. Usually Garrick 5, and then a bunch of 3-3s and draw some cards or whatever. And then, in theory, that can overwhelm the card advantage of Sphinx's Revelation because one player's cards are in hand, the other player's cards are on the board. It's hard to deal with both. Even if you Wrath them, even if you Terminus them, right. they still, still got the Garrick, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. The solution is just a planar cleansing them to just annihilate it, so, which gets rid of everything. And you can like, like if you can, the optimal is to go like end of your turn planar cleansing and play like Augur Bolus or whatever with a bunch of mana open. Augur Bolus is really good against Jund. I think people don't realize how good it is against Jund. They can't kill it with uh, with uh, a a pillar of flame. So sure. like, it's just kind of a freebie. Uh, the deck is the deck that I'm going to play is absurdly good against John. Like I'm like X and O in testing with it in this matchup. Uh, and then the assumption this weekend is that they won't have ground seals. They're going to have scavenging goose, which is actually good for me. Right. So ground so, seals turn off um, snapcaster mage. Scavenging goose doesn't really. Right. Like you can just like play to kill the scavengers and then cast your snapcaster mage, for sure. example. So. Um, that's actually good for me, uh, and my win percentage is awesome against John. My win percentage against other control decks is absurdly high, and I'm very good against beatdown. So I think I think it's a good choice. So, I, to me, the biggest deal yeah. in M14 is probably Elvish Mystic. I mean, you mean Lana Warolf 2K13? Yeah, yeah. yeah, they were sold out. I was going to buy a set, <laughs> but like, there were none. Like, it seems like a, a very big deal. Like, eight. You now have like eight. Reliable one drops in a green deck. Well, you just play, just play Arbor Elf and whichever one. What if you play like? It's a well, it's Arbor Elf, Elvish Mystic. Oh, and Avacyn's Pillar. But I meant, I, I meant as a way to get like green, pretty reliably. Yeah. Like, so if you want to cast like a turn two Domri Rod or a turn two Predator Ooze. Well, turn two Predator Ooze is is a big game in some decks, right? Like, and you you really weren't able to do that before because you only had. In standard. I mean, you could have. I mean, like, you could, obviously... I mean, you could hit it. You're, you could hit it, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 I got yeah, it. Your percentage is low. So, like... I hope people play decks like that. So, but... <laughs> play a Terminus deck. <laughs> okay. But, I mean, El- Elvish Mystic seems to me like it's going to be... I mean, that's the kind of thing people enjoy doing, too, right? Like, Good. I have ratchet bombs on my sideboard, too. <laughs> Just keep laying on the cards I want other people to... Like, I'm looking at, like, the... Like the deck people are talking about are like a white weenie deck made top eight. Let's come like, can it be? Can I really live the dream that people will play white weenie? <laughs> like, like a grown up tournament? Like, I mean, people do. I mean, Craig Wesco has certainly made it more good. Popular. Good. Thank you. <laughs> this could be my weekend. It's like it's like when I played like the blue red uh, Eggs Hearts Quinn deck, and I was like, Codblade is unbeatable. 
if you're not playing Cobblade, you don't want to win. I'm like, please, just keep telling everyone this. <laughs> I can't lose this matchup. Were you talking to yourself? Did you keep saying that? Everyone was just like, oh, if you're not playing Cobblade, you just don't want to win. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, just keep saying that out loud. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, long story short, um, please play Elvish Mystics. Please, please play Predator Ruses. Please play White Weenies. Oh, you don't need Thalia, though. That one you yeah, don't no, really no, no, no. Play more, let's say, um, Imposing Sovereign. In I was going to say, yeah. You could play that one. I, and I, I mean, it sounds like... Uh, I mean, a lot of people were talking about that card as well. Is that White Weenie that good against, like, Red Green? Like, I mean, it's really, it's really nice in, like, the deck we were just talking about for Patrick Sullivan, right? Like the, you know, the deck oh, he's going to play straight red, I'm sure. Sure. But I'm saying in a deck like that, in a Boros deck, like, yeah, if yeah. you were going to play Fireman Avenger... If your opponents your... can't block, yeah. <laughs> how does your red deck work? Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it's obviously awesome against, like, all kinds of tricks, i.e., especially Restoration Angel. Yeah, yeah, it just, it's just a time walk against the Restoration Angel. Like, every, every card in the deck that I'm playing tomorrow is sweet. Like, every single card. Just, like, I think Quicken, just people don't know how good it is yet. Yes, excellent. Um, this is the thing. Like, if I had more time, I think I would have tried to make. Well, if Quicken had been legal on Moto. Oh, they were going to say if I had more time, I would have gotten here at four thirty and sat here. For Just two like hours. sat here for two hours. Yeah. Um, like, think about this. Quicken Rectosis return. Ooh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's, that's very exciting. What the, the girl that just walked by? No, Quicken Rectosis return. I thought she was more beautiful than the one that you were saying. She was. Okay. Which is fine. Oh, here come more. Anyway, um, the uh, Quick Interactosis Return is really exciting. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm is very, that a real deck? I mean, very distracting. Is that a real deck? I don't know. I mean, that deck can play Divination and, and Gilded Lotus. Sure. I never seen that. You could also, I mean, is there any, any reason that you, if you were playing, so if you're playing that deck, was there any reason you wouldn't want to play? The um, blue black divination that mills two cards, also. Oh, you'd probably play that. Probably yeah. better, yeah. You know, where you actually put some cards in the yard for Snapcaster Mage or whatever. And future quicken targets. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Wait, can you? Can you? Oh, you can yeah, quicken, you can quicken out of the graveyard. Yeah. Why wouldn't you be able to? Yeah. Sorcery. Yeah. I mean, these are, these are decks that go a million turns. You know, right. like. Wide right. So the only thing that's bad for my deck is like game ones against other controls, especially Defalia, Drownyard, or Planeswalker based other controls. So I'm just like playing three Aetherlings in my sideboard, and I've main deck, I'm, I've main deck Cavern of Souls, which have very low upside in game one. <laughs> just like in my deck, I'm just like summoning an Aetherling. So I mean, either you're a control deck that has three Aetherlings and Cavern of Souls, or you're not. And if you're not, you're playing against ones that are, and they lose. Like it's so simple. Was I the first one? I mean, I can't be the first one to talk about Cavern of Souls of Aetherling, right? The guy was, like, on it's, like, two months ago. I, I don't... I mean, I don't... I mean, it seems... I mean, it seems fantastic, obviously. But, like... Like, we were racking our brains for every, every possibility. Like, if you're if you're playing, like... You can play, like, Jace 5 or something, but, like, Aetherling will just race that. It's... Look, Aetherling is the best way for a control deck to kill another control deck. Sure. I mean, you... you and, like, the only real way to deal with an Aetherling is Pithy Needle, right? Uh, there's um, also Debtor's Pulpit. Sure, yeah, Debtor's Pulpit's an, really good. An exceedingly expensive solution to to this problem. Sure. Um, Pithing Needle, which is like not even a real solution, like like it's right. 
Oh, for a couple reasons. Number one, you still have to deal with the four five, which sure, is not but that, trivial. But at, that, but at that point, it's assumed that your deck has not really in sideboarding games where you have pith and you don't. How many rats do you have in your deck now? No. Think about it like that. Fair. Like against other control Fair. decks, all my rats are out, but I all but all of my all of my cleansings are in because other people play with cards like Oblivion Ring and and. Uh, What's a blue-white or Detention Detention Sphere, which is awesome because they play those cards and then I destroy those cards and get my cards back. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I hate those cards. I don't understand why people play them. I would rather play, like, the, the, the Cyclonic funny about, Rift. The funny thing about those cards is they always seem like more like main deck cards than sideboard cards. People play some I mean, they're, they're sideboard not, they're and some not, of their main I mean, deck. Like, I think they're better in aggressive decks. Like, I could see, like, a Zoo deck wanting to Oblivion Ring you, right? Like, PB right. would always play Oblivion Ring in his Zoo decks, for example. But they're just so miserable in matchups that, like, you you are you have an expectation that you're going to play 20-plus turns. Like, your opponent's going to find a Cyclonic Rift, or he's going to cast, like, a... Like, I, there's one Planar Cleansing in my main deck, and I think I cast it every single game one against other control decks. Right. You eventually, I mean, you know, it might get countered, but right, right. I have three Snapcaster Mages too, you know? Yeah. Oh, Jerry got a Snapcaster Mage on my deck. I was, I, I They're gonna be a li- they are going to be a little worse with Scavenger Dudes, right? Well, I was going to play three, three Resto Angels, and I mean, the argument is that the Resto Angels do more damage. You actually have to close the games out. Okay. So, my waste one is like, I have, like, uh, seven Wizards and four Angels main decks, like, 11. I mean, nobody ever kills anybody with a 1-3. I mean, they're just a value play. You eventually get a Wrestle Angel and kill them in a short number of turns. Or, like, they just concede to the fact that you have seven cards and they have one card and a massive positional advantage. Uh, I might play a I might play a Moreland Haunt, like, one. I might do that. Yeah, but isn't that, I mean, is four... I have 14 basic lands. What's up? Oh, nothing. I'm just looking at my... So, um... So, uh... And then sideboard, I have, like, three healings and a Jace 5. A lot of ways to win. Yeah. But you win quickly with, like, a Jace 5. Uh, I mean, let me ask you a different question. Yes. Just check. New Legend rules. The new M14 rules. First time I played with it last night, my opponent played a Jace 4, and I played a Jace 5. And he said, well... <laughs> and I, like, just shot him for 10. And he's just like, this is terrible. And he played his Jace 5, killing his Jace 4... And shot me for ten, and I'm like, I don't know if you understand this, but I shot you first. <laughs> and he's like, I understand it well. I'm like, so what, what do you, shoot what, you again. <laughs> what, what do you think of the rules change? Am I like it was strategic a, or tactical? I played one match where it came up, and it was fun. <laughs> I played my Jace five. He's had number Jace four, and I cast Jace five, and he's like, well. But like, I mean, it, it, it's certainly gonna, this is over. It's got to change the way people build decks, right? I don't know. No, but I mean, think about it, like. You don't have an answer to their Jace in the sense of in the in a in a, in a semi mirror, right? Yeah. Where you're, you're you know control on control, and you both have Jaces. Like you don't get to Jace their Jace anymore. Yes, so, I agree. So this is this is like a huge change in what kind of weapons you bring to the table. It has to be. Um, I I, I don't know. I guess Shaheen plays a lot of Planeswalkers in his control deck in game one. Like, I think his, I think Shaheen would be a bad match for me in game one. I think I'd probably be able to compete with him after sideboarding, though. But I don't know a lot of people who just have a lot of Planeswalkers in their main decks. Although I guess you've got the Planar Cleansing, so... Heck, I have it main deck, and I have, like, three after sideboarding. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think I'm pretty well prepared. Now, three and, like, a but, bunch of but counterspells. In, but in, but in, I'm, I'm not speaking... And, like... I'm not speaking in the in the micro, in terms of, like, what in you're the mic, doing. Bro. In the micro. Yeah, I'm, but, like, in the bigger picture, just in terms of how you... 
attacker constructed format does that change? Um, I I honestly think it'll have very little effect right now. I think that some of its main effects are like Jace three gets way worse in big formats. Like Jace three's main job was to preempt Jace the Mind Sculptor before. Sure. Like that's not as good. Um, I don't even. But in terms of like, you you don't you like in in the back of your mind are you always thinking like okay he plays Jace then I'll play Jace and kill it. No, no, those are always miserable fights. Like, sure, they're like, miserable fights, they get but they're like much a, more miserable now. I mean, they get, like, a use, and then, and then like, you don't get a use, and then they have untapped mana, and you're tapped out. Sure. Hella miserable. As opposed to now, where they get a use, you tap out, you get a use, they untap, get a use, and have their mana untapped. I mean... I mean, like, that's a much worse situation, isn't it? I mean, unless you're answering their Vraska with Vraska. <laughs> if you're answering their Vraska with Vraska, it's fine. Why? Wait, why is that? Because you'll just kill their Vraska with your Vraska. Oh. <laughs> or like they oh, played a Johnny and you played a jo- or like a Ralzeric or a Johnny. Right. You just kill theirs. Like right, right. Like that's that's well, actual planeswalkers that like do combat. actual combat planeswalkers is different. You know, Ooh, I thought that would have been a better name for this play- for this podcast. Actual combat planeswalkers. So we could call it. <laughs> what is it? The heroism of I don't remember. Was it the heroism of? It was something about. It was just sixteen thumbs. <laughs> this one is that, it's now something about sixteen thumbs. <laughs> something about sixteen thumbs. Something there's something, something about. There's something about sixteen thumbs. <laughs> Done. There's something about sixteen thumbs is the new name of this podcast. <laughs> kind of like meta podcast. It's like let's do our podcast, and it's basically about us naming this podcast. Eight magics and sixteen <laughs> thumbs. So, uh, let's switch gears for a minute. So, you want to talk about Magic the Gathering, uh, uh, tournaments, so Worlds, actually. Let's finish that out and then then change topics. Worlds. I don't know anything about this. Talk. So, World... A bunch of my friends are going. I saw Twitter. Yeah, yeah. World Magic Cup is, again, 71, 72, something like that, teams from around the world. Four players. It's going to be a very interesting dynamic, though, because it's four players, but it's only three seats each round. So, like, players go into a day, and they have to decide which player is sitting on the bench. So, that, I mean, that, that player is not... I mean, it seems like, well, obviously you bench the worst player, just, like, yeah. leave the scrawniest runt standing against the fence, you know, while we go play, put our kickball team together. Yeah. But, like, I talked to a couple teams, and they're like, well, I think we want, like, we might just, like... Marine Lebert and Vincent Lemoyne are yeah. on the Belgian team, and they're like, "Well, we might alternate being on the bench so that we always have someone really good coaching the other three matches." You know what I think might be a strat? So you have a team like I, I don't know who the exact team would be, but like, so you have a team that's like Raptor, Martel, Kibler. Well, you don't have that. Team. No, 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 yeah, and not, then like you have Rin- Raptor, Joe Spanier, who's found Omega on yeah. Twitter. And two other guys who I don't really know. No, I'm know. just saying, and then, like, random w, w, yeah. uh, MCQ qualifier winner, right? So I'm just saying, if, let's say, yeah, this is weird. Yeah. Like, people are like, of course you should just play Raptor, Martel, and Kibler. And actually, you shouldn't. What you should do is figure out what the rounds are going to be. And then, in, like, whatever, like, a high-variance format is, you should just make that guy a master of that format. Be like, all right, Format X is a high-variance format. You are now the surgeon of modern or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. You will do nothing for the next two weeks but be a master of three rounds of modern. That is your job, okay? And then, like, 
and maybe like give that person like some specific jobs. Right. And then, you know, uh, like in general, obviously, you know, Raptor's going to be like a high functioning player, etc. But I think that you can actually stretch your win percentage more by actually like taking stuff, especially stuff that's going to be least rewarding to your most skilled players. And then, like, just have a guy who's obviously good enough to win one of these big tournaments yeah. focus on knowing this format better than other people. And that's his whole job. I, w- I would not be surprised to see Raptor doing a lot of coaching, actually. Like, Can they talk? Yeah. He just stand there and tell them what plays to make? More or less, yeah. I mean, you know, you've got to be careful giving information away. That's why the Scottish team feel their advantage. They can speak in English, but no one can understand them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... Raptor's a good player. Yeah. But he's but he and he's also playing in both events. So he's playing in the World Magic Cup and the World Championship. Dick. So he's got like five days of magic, assuming he top eights one of those two events. So that sounds not terrible. Yeah. Uh, so and then and then and then there's the world championship. And the world championship is for sixteen players. They're gonna do modern masters draft, they're gonna do standard, they're gonna do modern. World Magic Cup is team unified standard, which I know is a format you have to love. Yeah. I love it because I was the best. <laughs> I mean like I mean, objectively speaking, who is the best constructed unified format deck coach in the world? I mean you did a pretty good job in Charleston. I mean, across every single tournament structure, like, it's like, these are the three we're going to play. I mean, how about the PCQ season? Oh, yeah. We freaking murdered that. Yeah. We murdered it, and then whatever I wrote in top decks was what won that week. I was just like, I believe I was just like, stop thinking for yourself, play this configuration. Right. Oh, yeah, I remember that, actually. And then people were, like, coming back, like, thank you for telling me to play this configuration. Thank you for making a Boros deck that could win without Jine. Thank you for (laughs) telling us which lands to play in which decks. What What do you think the toughest card to split is in Unified Standard. Like, what's the what's the card you're going to just want the most of? Um, well, in Unified Standard, the reason that, I mean, I was personally good at it was we figured out what the meta, like, there was like a, there's a meta-meta to Unified Standard that, that doesn't exist in other ones because certain deck strategies t- take too many cards that will, like, rob your, your team's ability to field enough decks. So what you do is you assume those decks don't exist, and then you meta against a small number of de- a smaller number right. of decks. So what you can do is set up three different decks that have all have sixty six percent win percentages. If you do that, then you always win, right? So, like, so you're like, um, I have deck A is good against beatdown and anti beatdown. I have deck B that's good against anti beatdown and anti anti beatdown. Like, so like that, that's how we. And then the third one is just like. I have, like, the best beatdown deck against other beatdown decks. And, like, and I've prepared my sideboard in such a way that I can actually beat both anti-beatdown and anti-anti-beatdown. And then we're just ignoring control. People are like, why don't you have a control deck? I'm like, we don't have control deck. We have anti-beatdown decks. And they're like, what is the difference? Be like, the difference is we don't play cards like Remand. Okay? Like, we don't play cards like Blah. I'm like, oh, those are good cards. I'm like, they're terrible against beatdown, and they're terrible against other decks that want to play 20 turns. Like, right. they're good if you're playing against combo, right? Right, right, right. And, and you can seize the speed of it, right? But actually, if you're going to play this meta-meta, you, you only want to play against certain kind of what decks. What would you identify as being that type of deck so, in current standard? Well, I mean... I can talk about it better from, from old one for a second and then step back. Sure. But a really good example would be we had a 
the biggest mistake my team made, and I mean, by extension, all the teams we worked with, John's team, Osip's team, etc. We've talked about this for years. When we, when we went back and looked at where we had our losses, is we played this five-color control deck that Chapin made instead of playing a green-white deck that I made. The thing was, like, our green-white deck crushed green-white-blue. And every team we played against had a green-white-blue deck. And what, what event are you talking about? Oh, for Pro Tour Charleston. Right. The, the, Which was Ravnica Block. Ravnica Block Instructor. The reason it was so bad for me was that I personally won the qualifier with the green-white, straight green-white deck, like, without losing a game. And, I, and it was just a straight port to... Right. To Ravnica block, but nobody played green white. They all played green white blue for like, I don't know, um, uh, uh, the one three guy that like impulses. Of course, then, I saw yeah. So, but the thing is that didn't need to look that up. I cubed this week. You, know, you cubed. So, <laughs> so the thing about green white versus green white blue is like green white blue has all this extra card advantage, right? But green white's so good at blogging the board, you can't kill them quickly. Right. Right. So you actually have to generate a huge advantage, and by the time you generate the huge advantage, they've just caught up because like. Like, the green-white deck is only good at making lands and, like, not dying. So, eventually, you have a deck that had, like, more search cards and, like, two Indrik Stomp Howlers, right? But the green-white deck just had four Indrik Stomp Howlers because it doesn't have these blue search cards. So then you play a long game, and one deck just has two Indrik Stomp Howlers, the other one has four. They're like, hmm, I have two more 4-4s four than you. By the way, I killed all of your key artifacts. Right. And they're like, oh, well, I drew three more cards. I'm like, congratulations on the three lands you have in your hand. You can only play one land per turn. Right. And then we just had, like, all the, the sweet, like, bullet cards that, like, Jeff Cunningham thought up, like, uh, Blazing Archon. Although Jeff Cunningham leveled the entire tournament and didn't tell anybody. He had, he had like, the nine-mana black card. that You could only put it into play uh, by a cord because no one could actually cast it. But, like, they had, like, one black to... Whatever the, the tutor for that casting cost is. Yeah. So you could tutor for your Blazing Archon <laughs> using this card. But its power is it does damage to the opponent equal to how many creatures they have. But in, the, oh, sure. but in the green-white matchup, <laughs> both decks are in a standoff with 100 saplings in play. So you're just like, court like, all my saplings for the 9-drop. And you're like, you're dead. <laughs> just like, take 20. They're like, oh my, he just leveled, you know? So uh, so we figured, like, the baseline deck was going to be, like, green-red beatdown or whatever. Or, like, Saito played red-black. It's irrelevant. Like, right. the decks are going to, the, the teams are going to... Let's, let's start walking and The talk. teams are going to... i got to go meet, i got to actually eat so the teams are going to center on a char deck, right? So everyone has a char deck, okay? Um, uh, I think we might not have even played a char deck. <laughs> so most teams are going to center on a char deck. So you start from the from the baseline that there's going to be a char deck on the other team. So what are the other central, central themes, right? There's probably going to be a compulsive research deck, right? Yep. So, um, so... You have to like figure out your meta based on a char deck and a, and a compulsive research deck. If you if you look at it like that, you can just say things like, "Well, what if I made all three of my decks good against their char deck?" All right. All of a sudden, I now have, I now guarantee, not guarantee fully, but you know, create a substantial advantage on one of the on one of the, the one of the spots. I'm like, okay, so let's assume that they have a char deck and they have two other decks, right? What kind of other decks can I make? Well, I assume that my opponents are are smart enough to figure out to play a deck that's good against Char, right? So one of my other decks is going to be a deck that's both good against Char and good against their anti-Char deck, right? So Red, White, Blue is a good example of a deck that's good against both against Char and against anti-Char. Right. Okay? And then the, the meta, meta, meta is you go, okay, I'm going to make a deck that's good against Char, good against anti-Char, and good against anti-anti-Char. So, so like the correct configuration at the end of the day we should have played was um, blue, white, red, green, white, and uh, and white, black. Right. So, um, like I went a bazillion and 
and, and low with black white, which was insane against Char. It was our actually our absolute best deck against. Do you watch? Do you ever watch the TV show Oz? No, I've never. Do you seen watch it. Copper on BBC right now? I haven't seen any second season. Oh, okay, that's an actor who oh, okay. played Beecher on Oz and is was just on the last few episodes of Copper. Oh, so one night, do you remember Annalisa Bella? She was like the marketing director at the dojo. Sure. So one night, me and Annalisa are like um, at a bar. Yeah. Uh, and you're just like chilling out at this bar in Midtown. It was like probably like the bar attached to the Palm in like 59th Street or whatever. Yeah. So we're like hanging out. And then like this like bald Asian dude's just like talking to her for like a bunch. Like they they were friends from before, whatever. And he's like, hey, what's up? And it was B.D. Wong. And he was like, hey, I was just hanging out with B.D. Wong for like a half an hour. I didn't even realize he was famous. It, he wasn't on SVU yet. Right. He was just, I guess he was on Oz. He yeah. was on so, Oz, yeah. Like, oh, that's B.D. Wong. Like, he's my friend from wherever, you know, Asian mafia. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, yeah, like Black White was like sweet against Char. It was sweet against, uh, it was like. I'm going this way. Somewhere. All right, I'll go with you. Okay. It was even against Blue, White, Red, and then like awesome against Green, White, you know, just as an example. Okay, so current standard. You have to, so there's three teams, right? You have to assume that one of the teams is going to have a, a Rancor deck, I think. Okay. okay. So you so want a Rancor deck being like so, enchantments? No, no, no. Well, the reason you want a Rancor deck is A, it's one of the most powerful cards in standard, but more importantly, whatever Rancor deck you choose is unlikely to draw significantly against your other decks. Okay? So sure. you could play a mono green Rancor deck. Right. Or, I, was, yeah. I was thinking about like the fact that you could also play like a Domri Raid Elvish Mystic deck so, without pulling a lot from your other decks. So, I would assume that the center of the format is Rancor, right? So, just like before, we assume that the center of the format is Char. The reason that you assume this is because whatever deck that is does not disrupt the other decks very much. It's tough, for example, say like two of the two of the decks that you want to want to see play are like Blue, White, and Esper, right? right? They can't coexist on a single team. You only have so many Sphinx's Revelations. Or you can't play Bant Control and Blue, White, even though they're both really good. So, like, Flash and Bant Control are really different decks, and they have, like, a wide variety of cards that are quite different. But the problem is both of them are laced together with Sphinx's Revelation. Right. So it's tough. Um, but your Rancor deck, I would guess that Green-Red is the <clears throat> is the best Rancor deck to play. I mean, I, I haven't studied the format enough, but I would say probably Green-Red. And then yeah, failing that, Green-Black is a very good deck. Right. Um, so you have that. You could also play, you could also play a Rancor deck, and then without drawing against any of the same cards, you could play a, a green-black control deck, right? So you could play the deck that's uh, uh, Geralt's Messenger, Thrag Tusk, Mutilate. That deck, you know this deck, uh, Desecration Demon. You can play that oh, deck, that deck with, awesome. without any crossover with your existing Rancor deck. So okay. if you wanted to play like, like the Rancor deck doesn't want Farseek, for example, right? And also doesn't want Thrag Tusk. Right. So, like, the two best green cards in the in the Desecration Demon deck, there's no conflicts. So you could potentially play. That's one of the reasons Rancor decks are good. So you could play that deck and play Bant Hexproof, for example. So here's the tough part. Bant Hexproof draws against a lot of really good lands. Yeah. <laughs> you probably... So I think... Lands, lands, to me, are, are where, where, the, this, where your deck is going to... I would make I would make a, a, a bold statement. Yeah. There'll be very few Bant Hexproof decks. You know why? Because okay. Bant Hexproof doesn't play Restoration Angel, but it prevents you from playing good Restoration Angel decks. Oh, wow. All the good Restoration Angel decks draw against some combination of lands and Bant Hexproof. Whether it's whether it's Naya or whether it's Flash. Okay. Bant Hexproof ruins the mana bases of both decks. Right. 
So I would, I honestly, either, um, unless you have a weird configuration, right. so I, I, again, I'd have to super study the format. I think it's possible that that you could play um, Van Hex Proof as your Rancor deck alongside Green Black. Right. But then what's your other deck? I'd have some Mono Red. Mono Red, Green Black, and Van Hex Proof, that's a possibility. But then you're not playing Restoration Angel. Right. You're not playing Sphinx's Revelation. That seems like a that seems like a heavy tax on three decks, right? right? So I would guess you want to play. I mean, can you play? Can you play blue white? Sure, you can't and play blue white and hexproof at the same time. The the hexproof deck wants wants both glacial fortress and hollowed fountain. Right. I mean, like the problem is it taxes you for glacial fortress and hollowed fountain, but doesn't give you restoration angel. But you want to play Rancor. It's a good card. Right. So I think your your Rancor deck could be green, red, or green, black, or mono green. Probably not mono. You know, I have to think about it. You could play, like, one strategy we had for Charleston was to play, like, three aggro decks. Right. Um, you need a good team for that, though. I think it's really, really tough. Because three aggro decks I don't think is plus EV against most teams. So, look, Band Proof is excellent against most aggro decks. Um... Uh, you could play Jund. So you could play Jund and another control deck. That's pretty easy. You could play like easy to play Jund, Flash, and Red, right? Right. You could play Jund, Flash, and, and a Rancor deck. But I I would I would guess in excess of 66% of teams have a Rancor deck. No, no, no. In excess of 52% of teams have a Rancor deck. Do you think that's that's uh, that's too aggressive? That seems aggressive. 52%? Oh, I think, I'm sorry. You said Not 62. 62. No, it's 52 okay. percent of a rancor deck. I think that might be low. Um, I think most. I think in excess of 66 percent of teams will have a restoration angel deck. Yeah. You think that's low though? 66 percent? Yeah. I don't know how low that is. I think it might be low. I also think that a large percentage of teams will have a thrag tusk deck. I'm trying to see where I am. Um, what do you think the pillars are? Pillar of flame. Pillar cards? Yeah. Uh, I think Sphinx's Revelation Restoration Angel is one pillar. So, what percentage of teams will have a Sphinx's Revelation deck? Almost all of them. I think it's going to be very high. So, I think it would be like over 70%. We thought we thought that 100% of teams would play a Loxodon Hierarch deck in, in Charleston, and the winning team didn't play a Loxodon Hierarch right. deck. Right. So, um, and Fujita's team only played two Loxodon Hierarchs, right. which I thought was batty. Right, right. I mean, like most, we thought we had Loxodon Hierarch as the number one card in the format. Right. Among other reasons, it's really good against the opponent Char deck, and there's always a Char deck on the opponent's right, team. Right. So, I, you, uh, you think, um, all right, so percentage on Restoration Angel 75%, 66%. Hold on one second. What do you think Cornelia and Jones Street are? I don't know. I have, a, I have an iPhone to know these answers. Yeah, I do too, but it's very confusing around here. All right, Brian is <laughs> totally lost. <laughs> <laughs> I hope people don't keep revealing forests off the top of their deck, or Brian might be <laughs> lost in the woods. All right, we're, we're done here. <laughs> are we done with the cast, or are we done with the chats? We're, we're done with the chats and okay. the cast. No, 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 I want to talk about the unified standard for a second. Okay. All right, what percentage on Sphinx's Revelation? 75%. Okay. So, what percentage is on Restoration Angel? I, I mean, I think that they're going to be the same. But you had me, you said I might be, you might be, I might be high on 66% on Restoration Angel. No way is Sphinx's Revelation higher than Restoration well, Angel. Well, I think, I think a deck that's going to have one of the two. 
I mean, I think you're gonna have. Both, I think right? the Sphinx's Revelation deck is very likely to have yeah, Restoration yeah, yeah. Angel. Right, so, so if you have 75% Sphinx's Revelation, you have no less than 75% uh, Restoration Angel because even if a team doesn't have a Sphinx's Revelation deck, they're gonna have a Naya deck. Right. Right. I think I would say that Restoration Angel might be the most played. I think that its mode. I mean, it's certainly its mode will be four among teams. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, what percentage Thrag Tusk? I think Thrag Tusk might might be like only sixty six to seventy percent. Okay. What do you think? Thrag, Thrag Tusk, I think, is also similarly high. I think. I, I mean, think it's probably a little smaller, but it's like seventy percent. It's like one of the best cards, right? I mean, it depends what you want to do in Unified. Like, like you, you, you can you can do a green red deck that has Domri Raid, Wood, uh, Punt Master of the Fells, uh, Elvish Mystic, and not and and maybe put your Thrag Tusk there too. I mean, why would you play that deck instead of Naya? Just because of you don't you want to keep your Restoration Angel? Like, you can make a Naya deck that's that with uh, uh, Advent of the Worm in the Restoration right. Angel slot. Uh, with like Aurelia the War Leader, right? But really, the tax is on lands. That's why I think Bant Hexproof is is unlikely to be popular. I mean, so obviously some teams will play it, but uh, I'm guessing that's not going to be popular because if you play a Bant Hexproof deck, it really, really digs into your Sphinx's Revelation. Right, right, right. Um, and it's you know it, you get no payoff on Sphinx's Revelation, you get no payoff on Supreme Verdict, you get no payoff. You get no guaranteed payoff anyway on uh, Restoration Angel, and these are all really good cards. Right. Um, what do you think about Rancor? Do you think Rancor is a good center? I think Rancor is like going to exceed fifty-two percent. It's probably not going to be as high as Restoration Angel. Ryan, this is dead air other than wind. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going. I mean, when I was distracted looking at beautiful women, I still was able to talk at least about being distracted about beautiful women. Okay, I know where I am now. All right. The listeners are not that excited about you knowing where you are. I know, I know. All right, so talk about what percentage rank course? Uh, I, think a very, I think a fairly low percentage. I don't really? think it's a priority for people. The reason I mean, that it's I'm good gonna... is because it, it frees up other decks, I think. It gives you a pretty good deck, and then you have like a it, it pretty good deck, and then you have two other decks you can play right. at full power. Like mono green or green black. Right. Or even green red. Uh, just straight green red with four rancors is probably a really excellent deck. Okay. I, I still I don't think I don't think people are as uh, just locked into current rank, like or, or into rancors just in general, right? Like, I mean, it's in a it, it wins a lot. It's like one of the main decks in Band Hexproof. It's in green. It's in right, some green reds. You, you don't, don't you think that people have to just disconnect themselves from like the hexproof decks? Like, don't you think people are in the head of that? That's just a card that goes in the hexproof decks. I don't think so. I mean, remember Saito's green red deck had rancor in it. Sure. Oh, I sure, mean, sure, sure, sure. So you think you're thinking more like the? the oh, I guess I mean. I'm, so the red green beatdown decks just get to play. It. I mean, like a rancor Boros Reckoner is pretty hard to contain. Right. Okay. Or like. Um, yeah. Uh, another example might be green, black, or mono green with uh, nightshade peddler and, and maybe not nightshade peddler, but uh, Uvenwald tracker. Right. Like a, a rancord stranglerout geist. Right. Right. With a uh, with a uh, uh, Uvenwald tracker in play is actually very very powerful. All right. So you're gonna leave me? I am gonna leave you. Okay. So Brian is gonna go into a burlesque shop in the village. Um, uh, actually, I'm going into the four-faced liar, which is a bar. 
Next to a burlesque shop. Which is next to a burlesque shop. So. And next to the Pink Pussycat, which is a, you know, sexual... Uh, Toys. Toy store. Yeah. Um, so there's three places in a row. One of them is a burlesque shop. One of them is a sex toy shop. And Brian's claiming to go in the other one. Yep. Decide at home <laughs> what he's going to do with his 16 Who thumbs. Who has 16 thumbs and a beer. <laughs> All right. All thanks, right. Mike. Night, Brian.